5%. And that's the news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Janice Wong and your guest presenter is Paul Zimmerman. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Janice. On today's program, we're talking about plans to tighten health checks for professional drivers. To help improve road safety, authorities are planning to lower the age of mandatory annual health checks for professional drivers to 65 from the current 70. Those suffering from specific conditions such as night blindness would not get a license. While some support the changes, several representatives of the transport industry have spoken out against the tightened rules, saying the plan would force many drivers to quit. So what do you think of the plan? Does it strike the right balance? Should even non-professional drivers be subject to more stringent health checks? After 9.45am, we'll get reaction to free Ocean Park tickets given out by the Labour Department in a new campaign for households to show gratitude to their domestic helpers. Let us know what you think on our Facebook page Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. Now to kick off our discussion this morning, we have on the line a transport sector lawmaker, Frankie Yick. Traffic safety specialist, Tony C from the Polytechnic University's Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering. And Dr. Paul Scher, a geriatrician. Um, good morning, Mr. Yick. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. C and uh, Dr. Sher. Good morning. Thank, Good thanks morning. for joining us on the program. Um, now, uh, Mr. Yick, apart from some of the uh, possible changes I mentioned in the introduction, uh, have you heard about other suggestions from the transport department? I, I know um, transport officials, uh, they have been busy uh, meeting representatives from the uh, transport sector. Oh, yeah, the government has started to, uh, uh, I think, I would say, uh, inform the industry and some of the uh, legislators that uh, there are some sort of uh, upcoming changes uh, so far as the uh, fiscal check and uh, health check on the uh, professional drivers or the commercial vehicle drivers. And uh, they are going to tighten up a little bit on uh, some of the areas, including the uh, hearing uh, tests and also the vision tests, etc. I think uh, this is one of the uh, public concern right now, especially after a series of accidents caused by the, uh, the old drivers uh, recently. I think, uh, but in fact, this issue has been in discussion for uh, for a short while, a few years back. But I don't know why all, uh, nobody followed up on that, I mean, from the government side afterwards. And uh, I think uh, this is a time that we have to take a serious look at it. Right. What about the uh, suggestion where the uh, Transport Commissioner will be given the power to uh, revoke a license even before the license renewal? Have you Have you heard anything about that? Uh, well, I think uh, the uh, the proposal they have right now to me uh, is quite reasonable, and uh, and also there's one issue uh, we are talking about is uh, if uh, some of the, the driver they are demanded to provide a, a medical certificate, but uh, they can they have the right not to put, uh, produce right now. I think this is one of the things that we have to fix because uh, I think this is for public safety. Frankie, uh, this is Paul Zimmerman. Um, I, I, ride, I ride a motorbike and I, um, I go to the district council meetings as a district councillor and, uh, and I'm 65 this year, so um, uh, maybe I should be tested soon too. Um, but the, the issue is, yesterday I have the Transport and Traffic uh, Committee meeting. We get our accidents reports. When I look at these accidents report, I do not see 
that more accidents come from elderly drivers. Uh, what I see is a lot of accidents from young people driving motorcycles. It's a very high rate of the accidents reported and, uh, and middle-aged people uh, driving. But I do not see that there is a, uh, a, a, a good cause to say that elderly drivers are uh, putting us at greater risk on the road at the moment. Well, I think you quite rightly point out uh, the older people are not necessarily unhealthy. I think that is for sure. Or, or cause accidents. Right. Uh, well, I, I also agree it's not the major cause of it. There's so many factors affecting uh, why we have uh, accidents on the road. But I think the government is concerning about those, uh, uh, what we call the professional drivers for commercial vehicles, not those for private cars or private use, because they have uh, long hours of driving on the road. And then the, the risk factor is definitely higher. All right, let's go to uh, Dr. C. I mean, uh, uh, Paul, he just uh, mentioned uh, whether there are statistics supporting uh, the um, the, this, uh, the fact that uh, we're looking at uh, elderly drivers who may be causing more accidents. Uh, is there any um, statistics to support that, Dr. C? Do you know? Uh, yes, uh, from our data, for the data available, usually the middle age have the higher accident rate. The elderly has less accidents. But however, in Hong Kong, we have many elder drivers driving public, public transport, like buses or minibus. So this is carry, uh, even the, the risks are low, uh, but they carry a significant risk to the other, other the passengers. Okay. So, so but, but that sounds to me like we should have health checks on all uh, uh, drivers of heavy goods vehicles and public transport vehicles. I mean, why just only test the um, test the elderly? Uh, the, uh, I think this is the, the very common phenomenon in the world. Is that the elderly they have more chronic illness? Uh, so, so usually because they, they, for elder, for usually for the younger. Younger people, they, they, they have accident because they are very impulsive or careless driver. But elderly, their accident is usually due to some maybe sensory problem, the vision he, uh, deficit, hearing deficit, or sometimes they have the, some some uh, physical illness, some heart failure. They have more prevalence than the younger populations, and this is pose a, a significant risk to the to the drivers and also the, the passengers. And the other, there's also other 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 say cognitive problems. Say they may have minor stroke before, they may have a mild dementia, or they may have a history of brain tumor. God knows. Okay. So so it is very important to screen out these uh, in this high uh, this elder this elder populations. They have any any they may have some undiagnosed disease or they may have some untreated disease. So this is very important to to. To, to find out these drivers and give them treatment and to lower their, their risk in driving. All right. Let us go to a Dr. Paul Share. Good morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what do you think of the uh, proposed changes? I mean, is it enough to ensure that uh, ensure professional drivers are fit and healthy? I think this is a good beginning uh, for, for age 65. They, usually we, 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 we test the driver. We usually divide into three categories. The, the first is the cognition, whether they are smart enough. The other is the, the physical illness. Uh, the third is the sensory, sensory is the vision, the hearing. I think this is a very good beginning. How comprehensive we, we test the, the driver? It depends on the resources and the, and 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 also the the and also the the, the uh, whether it is uh, uh, physical uh, feasible to carry out by the general practitioners. 
Right. And, and uh, I mean, according to the plan, uh, these uh, professional drivers, they'll have to get a medical check every year. Um, is it, uh, is it um, too much to ask them to get it, uh, an annual checkup? I mean, in the past, it was every three years. Uh, I think this is uh, uh, reasonable because in Hong Kong, mind you, we don't have any good primary health care systems. Uh, unlike, unlike, unlike the other countries, they have a good primary health system. They have a, you, every people have a family doctor. They will follow up their medical illness. In Hong Kong, you may, one may, one at 65, they may, they may, they may not have the blood test or any see any doctor before, and they may have some undiagnosed problems. Uh, so because we don't have a family doctor, so so if uh, we are uh, we feel we are fit, we don't need to see a doctor, and so so we may have hypertension, we have diabetes, we have uh, other risk factors that we don't know. So this is very important to have the yearly uh, check at 65 to to compensate for the for for our lack of the good primary health care system. All right, and uh, Dr. Sh- I mean uh, Mr. Yick, um, and Dr. Sher, he he's saying uh, the tests are reasonable. So so what's been the reaction of the uh, transport industry to the plan? Well, I think uh, people, uh, some of uh, the the the, in, uh, the industry players, they welcome this uh, proposal because this is for public safety and also for the safety of the driver as well. So because some of the people in Hong Kong, they never do their body check throughout their life. I think uh, uh, I would appreciate people to do that because there's, uh, there's no dispute that elderly people will have more medical concerns. So I think this is one thing. But of course, the concern they have is uh, we don't have enough drivers on the road right now. It's a major problem for Hong Kong. But unfortunately, uh, this term of the government is looking at the possibility of importation of labor to resolve some of the problems. And then if you look at this piece of legislation, if it's going to be presented to the, uh, to the uh, council and to be approved uh, by, the, by, by the time of implementation, then most probably will be next year. So but by middle of this year, the government will announce what sort of plans they have in order to fill up the, uh, the, the manpower shortage in Hong Kong, including drivers. So I hopefully that will ease the concern on this particular area. Mm, but it will help maybe for the drivers uh, in the new territories. But how about for uh, you know people that are driving on Hong Kong Island? Uh, the minibus drivers that uh, that I know are very old. Most of them are very old. Are we going to find replacement for them? And, and what's going to do that? Do that to the uh, to the minibus fares? Now the uh, importation of uh, drivers. But what we are referring to is mainly concerning about the uh, green minibus. So they have a fixed route, fixed schedule. They are, uh, unlike the taxi drivers, they move around everywhere. So I think uh, we also have that sort of consideration. We are not going to apply it for all. Okay, but the minibus drivers, you, you, you're considering, for example, the minibus drivers in Aberdeen going to be replaced with mainland minibus drivers to come down all the way to the bottom of Hong Kong Island. Is that, is that your suggestion? Well, this is one of the possible solutions, uh, either coming from the Pearl River Delta area or coming from other, other areas. We are not saying that it must come from China. Okay, but what's the operating cost and what's going to be doing well, to the there's fares? A rule. There's a rule here in Hong Kong. The uh, operator has to pay the median uh, salary uh, for the, uh, the importation of labor. And also, at the same time, they have to provide accommodation. The cost will be higher, definitely. But the problem is we don't have people to drive. 
Sure, but this, that's, that's what I'm saying. So the so minibus fares will go up. I mean, minibus fares have been uh, are, are quite low. They will go up then. I'm, I will get a lot of complaints from my residents about minibus fares, I'm sure. Well, we have to strike the balance. We either have the service or not to have the service. If we want to have the service to continue, I think we have to consider that. Right. And Mr. Yiku, you mentioned uh, the uh, shortage of drivers, uh, th- th- this problem. Do you think it will be a, a bigger problem for, for uh, the taxi trade or minibus? Well, I think the p- bigger problem is on the minibus trade. Now, the idea we have is if we have a new blood coming in to fill up the uh, vacancies uh, or to replace some of the, uh, the uh, drivers right now for the minibus, we will be able to uh, share those uh, drivers to the other trades because they also have the license to drive other types of vehicles. Right. And uh, um, when we look at this plan, I mean, we're looking at uh, taxi drivers and minibuses. Are, are there the other uh, professional drivers included? Well, uh, maybe some of the coaches, like the, uh, the, uh, the shuttle buses for the private uh, residential estates, they're also running on fixed wood. I think the basic idea we have is this kind of uh, importation of labor must apply to the fixed wood, fixed uh, schedule services as a start. Okay. And uh, also, I mean, earlier Paul was talking about how uh, maybe uh, the tightened health restrictions should also apply to uh, non-professional drivers. Is that something that uh, we, we will look at in future? Well, that I'm not sure. But the government at uh, this time already said they are focusing on the uh, what we call the professional drivers on commercial vehicles only. That, that doesn't apply to the private car drivers. But should it? Should there be uh, an equal, uh, there's an equal risk. I mean, they may be spending less time on the road, but there's an equal risk in terms of uh, health, uh, health Im- impediments and therefore they, uh, they don't drive very well and they can cause accidents. Well, definitely, uh, if you have a long, long driving hours, the, the chance of having uh, mm-hmm. incidents is much higher, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I hear one taxi driver coming in on my phone messages saying the rules kind of make sense because the existing health checks is rubbish. So um, that's that's a taxi driver making that uh, that message to me here. Uh, but is, is, is it, what is the current uh, health check? Well, the current health check, uh, basically, I would not say it's a health check. It's a questionnaire. So well, uh, a what check. The, uh, <laughs> the driver has to do is to go to the clinic and uh, go, uh, let the doctor ask the questions, and then you have to do the self-declaration. It's not really a check at all, but this time I think the government is referring to a physical check on certain areas. Right. Um, and Dr. Porsche, yeah. can, you, can you tell us uh, what kind of um, checks uh, should be required? I mean, how should the checks be carried out? Uh, 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 currently, we don't start only testing whether the, the vision and the, he- the hearing, I think this is be uh, maintained and also be, should be more precise to set the visual acuity, the contrast uh, vision, and also the hearing as well. And the other category, I think, should be in the form of questionnaire or even some simple physical examination, like the, whether their joint is okay, and the, and the arthritis of the uh, lower limb or the, the leg, uh, also the, whether they have a heart failure or there any uh, uh, 
heart rate problem because sometimes this is uh, unexpected, some uh, danger for for even for the driver. And the <coughs> the other the other the other category uh, include the the collection whether to see the the minor staff a minor stroke and also mild dementia or even Parkinson's early Parkinson's disease. I think this is very important because these are this kind of degenerative disease and they will go even worse and worse uh, as time goes by and they will, they will not improve. But some of the, the, the problems uh, we, we, we test from the, say, say for the vision, if they have a cataract, they can do the surgery and they can improve their vision. So it is very important to, to have a, a, a quite a comprehensive uh, examination to see whether some, some problems can be uh, corrected and improve the, the, uh, the safety of the driving and some may uh, uh, worth further treatment and to prevent further, uh, for the, even for the health of the driver itself. Right. Yeah. So, so, so when we look at these tests, do you think there's a need to clarify I mean, how these tests will be carried out? I mean, for eyesight tests, I mean, it could simply be uh, reading off a piece of, reading something off a piece of paper, right? I mean, does, it, does there need to be yeah. a, like more clarification? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, I, 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 I would expect to have a more a formalized test, a very fixed uh, 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 test, uh, and so that the doctors they, uh, in, in the front line can they, they follow the all the steps to do the to do to finish the examinations. Yeah. Right, and, and Mr. Yeager, when we talk about these uh, tests that uh, these professional drivers have to um, have to get, um, are we talking about tests that will be? Uh, um, uh, they have to go to uh, public hospitals to get these tests done, or uh, private practitioners. I mean, what do you do? You have any understanding of well, the arrangement? I don't think it's a must to go to the hospital. Some of the uh, the clinics, the chain one particularly, uh, I think they will be able to do the the type of tests that the government is referring to. But uh, we only know at this point in time is the area, the aspects that the government wishes to add onto the the, the, the test. But uh, the detailed methods and guidelines haven't been given out. Yeah, I think that we'll have a further uh, consultation on that with the uh, medical field. Mm. What are the key areas? The key areas, I think, they are there as uh, what uh, Dr. Shaders have talked about, they are add on the hearing uh, loss tests at the different uh, frequencies, and also uh, on the uh, monocular vision, the uh, uh, diopia, uh, the uh, litopia, dementia, and also the uh, the. Uh, uh, malignant brain tumors, and also the uh, implantable cardio water uh, def- defibrillator and chronic lung disease. That's all of that. These are the new items. But uh, the how to carry out the test and how uh, serious it's going to be, we still have to wait for the further information. Hmm. Right. And Dr. Dr. Shea, I mean, are these tests usually expensive? Uh, no, usually they are that simple uh, physical examination and should be done, can be done carried out in the clinic. And unless you, you do some blood test, they will, they will carry some significant cost. Otherwise, they, they will be very simple, simple physical exam, examinations. Right. And, uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Yick, I mean, at the beginning of our discussion, I mentioned uh, uh, possible one of the possible changes, which is uh, um, a suggestion by the transport department to, to give uh, extra power to uh, the transport commissioner to revoke a uh, uh, driver's license if, uh, if uh, they show some uh, problems with their health. Um, how, how will that actually work? Do you have any idea? I mean, will, it, will, I mean, will a passenger well, there, report, no... report this driver? to the transport department? 
Well, I think uh, according to what we have just discussed, the, uh, there's a current currently there's a list of tests to be done. But as what I said in the past, there, there's a lot of real tests. It's just a, a consultation, a question and answers. But now there, the government is proposing some sort of uh, real physical tests on certain areas. First, this is a first change. And uh, secondly, if uh, anybody who doesn't pass all these tests, the, the uh, commissioner will have the power not to issue the license to to the driver. I think this is for public safety. So okay. I think there's no, no, no dispute about that. So, so are we going to have an expiry date on our uh, driving license? I mean, uh, your, your driving license expires at the age of 65 and you have to do the test before it's renewed? I mean, if that you would be are a simple one. Drivers, according to the government's uh, idea right now. Okay, and uh, earlier when we we're talking about uh, shortage of drivers, uh, Mr. Yick, I mean, I, I've heard about uh, some suggestions uh, uh, for for the uh, license requirements for taxis to be relaxed. Is that something we can look at? No, so uh, well because of shortage of uh, drivers, uh, people in the trade suggest the government may consider to relax a little bit on the test requirement for the uh, taxi drivers. Now, in fact, for taxi drivers, they all got their driving license already. It's just a matter of testing on their understanding about the uh, the rules and regulations uh, for the taxi operation and also the location. But I think for the location, right now you have the GPS. You don't really need to know where exactly that building is by yourself, according to your memory. So I think roughly in which region, you, you know, then you will be able to go there through by the help of the GPS right now. It's very common. Yeah, but is that test to be repeated regularly? I mean, once you, you you do it once and then you get your taxi driver license and then it's for the rest of your life, isn't it? And that doesn't expire. You don't have to redo the test. Well, uh, the government now, they are, looks like they are suggesting to have some sort of... Uh, uh, I think they have some idea in mind, but I, I forgot at this point in time. Sorry about that. Okay. All right. Let's go to uh, Tony C. Yes. So what do you think of uh, this uh, shortage of a driver problem that uh, Mr. Yick has been talking about? Uh, how, how can it be resolved? I mean, how can we get a uh, new blood? Yeah, I think it could be a issue because uh, last week I have uh, a discussion with some taxi driver associations. Uh, one issue could be the uh, the incomes are actually not very attractive uh, for the uh, tax driver that that they campaign or they raise the issue that the incomes are not that that high and it's difficult for them to uh, say to recruit the new blood. Yeah, the same as the minibus industry. I mean, we, uh, our minibuses are short of drivers all the time, uh, but they don't just don't pay enough. And the transport department is slow in allowing the uh, increase in the fares, isn't it? Yeah, that's the case, because if you look at the, uh, the situation right now, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, minibus drivers, they have the lowest pay in the industry. So in the range of uh, 12,000 uh, 12, to 14,000, roughly, uh, which is not attractive at all. So I think uh, the government has to look at that. I have already voiced out to the government that they have to look at the fair level. So in order to allow them to uh, attract some more drivers to come. But I think that the, the issue is not only on the uh, salary level. If you look at the Hong Kong situation right now, we have shortage of labor in all different aspects. Right. And uh, Mr. Yick, I mean, I know this uh, plan uh, was uh, scheduled to be discussed in LegCo on Friday. Uh, what do you expect will be the main focus of your uh, LegCo colleagues? Uh, what do you expect them to be uh, most concerned about? 
Well, I think uh, no one will uh, disagree with the tightening up of the taxes. Uh, the only concern we have is whether the, uh, the taxi or minibus drivers will be able to bear the cost. So I think what we will ask the government is to provide some sort of subsidies uh, to help them to, uh, to, to do all this. I think that is reasonable because uh, the government has to pay out something at this point in time, but that will save the medical cost for, for Hong Kong in the future. But should that be at the expense of the industry or should it be at the expense of the public? I mean, that's, uh, why should that be the public that pays and not the industry that pays? Uh, that's why I said if there, you have more accidents on the road, then the medical cost will shut up. You mean right, the right. general public is at risk of, of the accidents and therefore oh, the cost will be borne by the general course. public? Yeah, so there's, uh, for, for the government is concerned, the overall cost is uh, saving on the future medical cost because of the accidents on the road. And then, of course, you have to pay a little bit on the uh, upfront test. I think uh, it's worthwhile for consideration. Right. And what do you think is a suitable subsidy level? Well, according to my understanding, uh, the, to carry out all these tests right now, is, uh, it will be less than uh, 1,000 Hong Kong dollars. So maybe about 700. I, I don't have the exact number. Uh, if the government can subsidize 50% of it, I think that would be very helpful. Right. And uh, Dr. Shi, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, $700, do you think that, uh, that would be useful? I mean, I mean uh, you, you, know the, the how, you know how much that these uh, medical checks uh, cost, right? Yeah, I think this is for simple physical examination. I think seven hundred is uh, reasonable, and uh, if there's government subsidy, I think it is it will be better. Yeah. All right, uh, Dr. Shi, I'm afraid uh, we have to take a take a short break for the news. Uh, thanks again for joining us this morning. And that's uh, Dr. Paul Shi, a, a geriatrician. Many thanks also to Frankie Yik, a lawmaker for the transport sector. And uh, Dr. Shi, we will continue our discussion for a bit longer right after the news. Now, if you want to share your views on on today's topics, you can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. And uh, here's a quick look at the weather, mainly cloudy with a few showers, isolated thunderstorms at first, hot with sunny intervals later. The top temperature will be around 29 degrees. Winds, moderate southerlies. Right now it's 26 degrees, relative humidity 94%. It's now 9.30 with a news summary. Here's Andrew Shrofsky. The Hong Kong Institute of Human Resource Management says expanding the talent scheme in a bid to lure more overseas workers is a step in the right direction. Roy Ying, co-chair of the Institute's Advocacy and Policy Research Committee, says a survey of its members showed 85% cited immense difficulty in filling vacancies over the previous six months across all sectors. Overseas, President Biden and senior Republicans have expressed cautious optimism that a deal could be reached on raising the government's borrowing limit to avoid a potentially calamitous default on U.S. debt. After emergency talks in Washington, both sides said significant obstacles still remained, but nevertheless, a way forward could be found. And the head of the firm that created the artificial intelligence tool, ChatGPT, has said he fears that AI could cause significant harm to the world. Sam Altman was testifying before a panel of senators in the United States. We'll have more news at 10 o'clock. The Occupational Safety and Occupational Health Legislation, Miscellaneous Amendments Ordinance 2023, is in effect. And the maximum penalties have been raised. Contravention of the legislation can result in a maximum fine of $10 million and two years imprisonment upon conviction. Consequences of violating the legislation are serious. 
Employers, employees, and duty holders, let's follow the law and join hands to prevent work accidents. There are reasons to be happy everywhere you go in Hong Kong. Enjoy local and global cuisines and have fun along the way. Get immersed in the world of light, shows, and carnivals. Joyful moments for all. Want to explore special bazaars? They are just around the corner. Pop culture? Victoria Harbour is our stage. Happiness is all around you. Come and join us. Taste the joy. Share the fun. Happy Hong Kong. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Wednesday morning with Paul Zimmerman and me, Janice Wong. Still with us on the program is traffic safety expert Tony C from the Polytechnic University's Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering. Uh, welcome back, Dr. C. Hello. Right yes. now, now before the news, uh, we talked about some of the uh, suggestions and the plan to tighten health checks for professional drivers. Um, how big of an impact would tightening health checks uh, of these uh, professional drivers really have on road safety? I mean, do you have any um, statistics you can share with us? Uh, I think it's uh, actually go public from the transport department that we know, say, the, for the taxi driver for over 60s, they involve in about think one-third of the accident among taxi, and for the minibus, it's about half. Sure, but if I look at the minibus drivers in my district, then about 80% are, uh, I, I believe, 100 years old. I mean, so... I mean, isn't it? You have to look at it in uh, by kilometers driven by for these age groups, isn't it? On uh, yes, correct. If we look at the this by kilometer, it's actually not not that high. Basically, it's because the majority of the tax driver or the minibus driver are actually older than sixty or even seventies. Mm. So you are actually correct. Yeah. So so how what what are the the rules overseas? I, I know that my mother always complains that every year she's 87 and it's every year she has to do a test, but she lives in Holland. So, um, and, but she's not a professional driver, but she has to still do it every year, get a doctor's certificate that she's still able to drive a car and, and, and do a, a, a set of tests. I mean, what are the, what are the rules in other countries? Uh, I think it's difficult to compare for overseas countries they target to the general driver because the majority of the people they drive but in Hong Kong, the majority of people, they take the public transport. That is why you see the legislation or uh, what our focus would be on the professional driver. That yeah. Obviously, that's not much professional driver that's older than 60 or 65. Okay, but then whether we discriminate professional or non-professional drivers, but the... Um, um, what is what are the rules in the other countries? I mean, people have to do tests. I know that, as I said, my my mothers have to start. I think it started when she turned eighty that she has to start doing these tests. So every country has separate, has different rules. I mean, we're going to start at sixty five. What are the other countries doing? Uh, I'm not quite hundred percent sure, but hmm. they it's similar. Around seventies, they need to do uh, the, the track regularly. Right. It's like they, Japan or Australia. Right. Do they have a retirement age? I mean, I know in Singapore they have a statutory age limit for taxi and private hire car drivers. I think it, right now it's like 75. Um, what is it? I mean, what's the situation like in other places? Do they have like a statutory age limit for um, so, so professional be, drivers? You're 76 and you cannot drive taxis yeah. anymore in Singapore? Yeah, but I think the, the situation difficult is that they don't have much in the industry. 
that this older than this, or it's actually not an issue for them. But if say we put a cut off this, then it could be an issue in Hong Kong. Right. Uh, okay. Right now, I have this uh, email uh, from a listener. Um, let me just read it out. It's from Lewis. He says, uh, "Sorry, but uh, uh, don't I don't agree with Paul on this matter. I think the tests for professional drivers are necessary. However, in my opinion, and this does not go far enough, as it only looks at the driver's health. All drivers of commercial and public service vehicles should also have to undergo more regular driving tests to monitor their standard of driving. Very few people would disagree that uh, the standard of professional drivers in Hong Kong is quite appalling and needs better monitoring. And uh, he goes on to say, additionally, I believe that all commercial, public service, and emergency vehicles should be fitted with a tachograph or the modern equivalent, so that when these vehicles are involved in accidents, the police can review. The driver's driving manner prior to the accident. Evidence of poor driving before an accident should be relevant to any decision to prosecute a driver. And uh, that email is from Lewis. Okay, Paul, uh, do you I, want to respond first? Well, uh, just for Lewis's uh, uh, comment, uh, Lewis, my opinion is very clear that this got to apply to all drivers, not just professional drivers. I don't see any reason why um, elderly drivers should be excluded in any way. All, all if you do this t- testing that we should do it for all drivers, not just the professional ones. But this techograph idea, uh, Tony, do you think that there is a need in the industry to go further in in, in monitoring uh, uh, driver abilities and uh, behaviour on the road with techograph in the professional industry? Uh, I think some bus company or the truck company are already doing similar things, that they use the apps to monitor the the, the behaviour and provide the feedback to the driver. But I think it, it could also be applied to the uh, other professional driver also, which could, could actually help them to improve the driving safety. Oh, but would you recommend government to, con- to consider that at the same time? I mean, road safety is not just about the health of the driver, it's also their road behaviour. And they're on yeah, the road all the time. Yeah, but I think the industry are already doing some, some development and research with some uh, IT or uh, uh, company that they are already developing the apps to, say, monitor or help the, the taxi driver to improve their safety. Hmm. Right. And like you just mentioned, uh, our earlier discussion, I mean, in our earlier discussion, we, we highlighted a problem, and that's the uh, shortage of uh, drivers that may result from these uh, tightened health checks. Uh, in your view, uh, Dr. C, I mean, apart from increasing their salary, how can we encourage uh, younger drivers to join this uh, taxi and minibus trade? I mean, you, you did mention uh, increasing their pay earlier. Um, and other way or means, maybe some um, benefit or welfare could, could also be improved. For example, in the construction industry, they, how they attract the younger to, to join would be that they improve the environment of the construction site, like providing more uh, rest uh, room or providing uh, air conditioning or more water. They, I think it could also be... Uh, 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 applicable for the uh, this uh, driver industry also. 
So, so yeah, oh, yeah, that's a, a pet topic for me. I have loads of photographs of plastic bottles filled with urine on the side of the road. I mean, uh, taxi drivers, professional drivers do not have good facilities to, to even go to the toilet. Or, uh, lunchboxes standing on the side of, uh, of the road are being chucked out at, uh, at uh, traffic lights. I mean, there are not, the, the professional industry lacks proper support. Uh, government will say there's no space. Um, has this been addressed? Is this a topic that's being discussed? Yes, I think it has been. We, because we look at the, um, some, uh, we did some study about, say, the working hour of the taxi driver and the, the safety. Actually, the, uh, if actually we provide some break, say, for one and, uh, one or two hours after they have been driving for four hours, actually, they, the driving performance can actually improve. So if we actually do, do this, providing some location for them to park and take a rest or have some food actually it could actually help sure but is there an active policy on this is government looking at it studying it is it, are they taking this seriously because um i mean we, we have opened up a lot of new road links with the mainland as well we can have a lot of more people going to be on the road are we going to have more facilities for people to uh, go to a toilet while they uh, uh, drive their trucks or drive their, their drive their bus Yes, I think it could be controversial when we talk about this. They always say that uh, space not not enough, something like this. Right. And uh, Dr. C, I just want to go back to our earlier email from Lewis. Uh, he said uh, um, the health checks uh, doesn't go far enough because it only looks at the driver's health. Um, I just want to get your, your view on uh, roundtable lawmaker Michael Ten's suggestion. He basically suggested a limiting the number of working hours of these uh, professional drivers. Would that help significantly to, to improve road safety? Uh, I think not only the the total working hour in a day, but also uh, just like what I say in the middle of the day, whether they can take a break. Because we understand that the uh, say, for example, taxi they have uh, more trip uh, only at the, at the morning peak, maybe from seven to ten. But after the ten, they uh, ten, after ten a.m. they only, uh, actually don't not have much business. They can actually take a rest mm. at that time. All right. I have a uh, question here from a listener, Neil. He just says, a quick question. How many of the accidents that the elderly taxi and minibuses are involved in are the taxi and minibus found to be at fault? And uh, that question is from Neil. Um, Dr. C, do you, do you know? Uh, we I, I don't have these statistics about, yeah. Yeah, there's a police statistics. We have the same questions in the district council. It's hard to get the, uh, the who's, 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 who's to blame for the accident uh, data. But, so but in, in, in Europe and the US uh, uh, and Australia, of course, the, uh, the drivers do a long distance. And um, so there are limits on, uh, on the amount of hours that uh, they can drive before taking a rest. In Hong Kong, the distances are short. So is that the reason why uh, there has never been this issue about rest time? And also about the traffic congestions, I think it's difficult for them to find a, a space to, to take a rest. During, uh, say, just after the peak hour. But with the opening of the boundary, and we're going to have more people driving uh, basically the Greater Bay Area rather than just Hong Kong, is, is there going to be a more of a, a, a cause for, um, uh, for limits on driving time? Um, yes, it could be. 
Is it something that should be considered? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you sound very careful about this. Is you, you, you rather don't suggest that or you don't want to venture in that area? Yeah, yeah because uh, it's an other issue. So, so yeah, because we, we know that uh, driving in a more congested uh, conditions actually could also affect the driving performance. All right. And uh, Dr. C, I don't know, are, are you familiar with uh, the actual uh, medical checks, the cost of medical checks? Because I have a question here from a listener, uh, John, and then he says, uh, I don't believe that those extra tests will only cost 700 to $800. I doubt any private clinic has equipment for such tests. For example, how many private doctors have hearing test facilities? I guess it's zero. And uh, that comment is from John. Uh, Dr. C, do you know? Hmm. Uh, I think it depends how relevant it is to the driving performance. Say you test something, but is it really related to to the driving? We we actually need need, need to know more about this. Sure, we need to more the more details of the test. But the, but so it's the the cost we're talking about here. Are we are we going to take this very serious? Are we going to get proper tests set up, or is this going to be you know we have having a rule, but it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, but because if it is, uh, we go, uh, if this kind of the test go to the public clinic or uh, by the government, is actually the cost is not that, uh, yeah, it, it could be not that high. But then we're going to have staffing issues. And you have to wait a long time. <laughs> yes. Probably. Yes, I agree. Right. And uh, I, I just want to um, look at uh, um, some some examples that I read about uh, on uh, on the Internet. I'm not sure if it's uh, accurate. I mean, in Spain, I mean, other places like Spain, they, they also have uh, problems with uh, increased traffic accidents. Um, and uh, they're, they're calling for they're looking at maybe uh, introducing a maximum age limit. So, uh, so uh, you know, it, it can help uh, reduce the uh, number of traffic accidents. I mean, is that uh, something that we can look at in future? Uh, may- maybe it's possible, but I think the, the issue is about the, the attitudes of the driving. So if you drive more carefully, actually, it's not really a matter about the, the age sometimes. Sure, but I mean, there is, I mean, especially in Europe and the States, where people are dependent on the vehicle, there's uh, to to get from uh, to get to go to the shop and so on. Um, there is there is really a, a big debate in society about how um, you know are you going to remove somebody's driving license because when they basically immobilize them, they can no longer then get to the shops and so on. Where in Hong Kong we have less of that problem, so we we don't not necessarily consider these uh, these uh, these age limits for uh, at the moment for legislation. Is it? Uh, yes, 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 could be. Yeah, but whether whether you have the alternative for them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that's an issue, of course. And uh, Doctor C, I know you you mentioned about uh, allowing taxi drivers to take take a breaks during the day when uh, they're they're um, uh, working. I mean, I have a email here from Brett. He says. Uh, most taxi drivers rent the taxis they drive after paying for the taxi and the fuel. They're lucky to have much to show for a day's work. The suggestion that they'll be able to take a break is a right laugh. And that uh, is from Brett. I also have another email here from Neil, uh, who asked about, uh, uh, who earlier asked about uh, data on uh, accidents caused by the elderly taxi and minibus drivers. He says, uh, if you don't know who to blame, how can you just blame the taxi and minibus drivers for 
people or the accident. Did the government have the full facts before making these decisions? And uh, that's from Neil. Um, Dr. C, do you, do you have any response? Maybe first to uh, Brett's email about uh, taxi drivers taking breaks? Uh, I think we need to look at the distributions of the trips that they make during the day that actually the, the demand may not be that high in the, in the middle of the day. So, or, uh, say, for example, for the 12-hour trip, actually not all the 12-hour they have, they could have the business, even if they want to. So, so you mean they are taking rests, uh, but they yeah, don't have a formal rest time? Rather than wandering around the city, yeah. And right. And uh, what about? Uh, I know uh, we don't have the uh, data. I know Paul said we need to get the data from uh, the mm. police, so we don't really have the um, f- facts. But uh, um, Dr. C, do you think it's uh, appropriate for the uh, government to sort of uh, deal with um, these accidents, uh, or, they, or do you think they are blaming the elderly and uh, taxi drivers and minibus drivers? Uh, yes, again, it de- depends what we are looking at. If we are looking at the accident number, it is. But if, just like Paul said, we, we should look at the, say, per kilometer uh, mm-hmm. or per trip uh, accident rate, but then it's actually not that high yeah. for the elderly driver. Yeah, yeah for, for, for the listener who, who wrote that in, um, the, um, we get the statistics at, uh, in, at least the accidents reported at the district council. So the police is keeping track on the, on the driver's age and uh, a type of driver and type of vehicle. So we, those are the statistics we do get, not who's at fault, but we've got the statistics. All right, uh, Dr. C, we'll have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. And that's Tony C, Assistant mm. Professor at the Polytechnic University's Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering. It's now 9.48 and in a moment we'll get reaction to free Ocean Park tickets given out by the Labour Department in a new campaign for households to show gratitude to their domestic helpers. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. Hello, I'm Michael Wong, the Deputy Financial Secretary. For the past 95 years, our THK has shared a common journey with Hong Kong people. Going forward, I trust that our THK will continue to provide Hong Kong with more programs that are rich in content and that can move our hearts. 95 years of public service broadcasting. 95 years. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. With Hong Kong. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. The Labour Department is giving out up to 12,000 Ocean Park tickets under its thankful week for families with foreign domestic helpers. And uh, for a chance to get the tickets, foreign domestic helpers and employers just have to record a short video of themselves expressing gratitude and appreciation for each other. To comment on this, we are now joined on the line by Iman Villanueva, a spokesperson at the Asian Migrants Coordinating Body. Good morning, Iman. Hi, good morning, good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. So what do you think of the Labor Department's idea to give out uh, free Ocean Park tickets? Well, actually, uh, we we very much welcome this uh, initiative uh, from the uh, Labor Department as well as, you know, uh, uh, from Ocean Park Mm. uh, to uh, promote, you know, uh, mutual understanding and, you know, promote uh, um, harmony, especially in the households. Uh, I think the, this is a very positive initiative, especially, uh, you know, that uh, uh, after the uh, 
COVID-19. There's been a lot of uh, pressure uh, inside the household mm. uh, uh, because of the pandemic, and I think it, I think it, uh, it is a very positive step towards building a harmonious society in Hong Kong, especially uh, with uh, so many uh, you know uh, cases and incidents of discrimination targeting uh, migrant domestic workers. So yes, we we welcome this very much. Yeah. Okay, but twelve thousand tickets. I mean, we have how many uh, domestic helpers in Hong Kong? About three hundred, four hundred thousand. Yeah, that's correct. Yes, so yeah, so there's 3%. about uh, uh, nearly four hundred thousand. So this is really not <laughs> not enough to cover everyone. Yeah. Uh, I think the 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 most important thing here is the message of uh, you know uh, social harmony. Um, uh, I I hope that the the, the government would uh, introduce you know uh, other initiatives that would uh, promote such uh, kind of uh, you know positive attitudes uh, towards uh, migrant uh, domestic workers. Right. What, what other initiatives do you have in mind? Well, uh, actually, this, this, uh, this uh, you know, um, a similar initiative was initiated already by the Mission for Migrant Workers uh, several years ago, which is uh, uh, Happy Homes uh, Hong Kong. Happy Homes Hong Kong uh, actually uh, promotes uh, uh, harmony in the households. And uh, we're in uh, the uh, migrant domestic workers can nominate their employers uh, if uh, they are being respected, uh, they are being treated as human beings with dignity, if they are uh, provided with freedom to connect with the, the community and, you know, many others, uh, positive attitudes uh, of the employers towards the their domestic workers. So the domestic worker can actually nominate their employers to be <clears throat> a candidate and to receive a Happy Homes uh, Award from the Mission for Migrant Workers. It's like a seal of approval, uh, <laughs> wherein they can they can put this seal outside their doors and it means that this home is uh, actually a Happy Homes. And that is, uh, you know, similarly it promotes uh, um, you know, uh, harmony in the households. Uh, I think other initiatives that can be very much welcomed by, by the migrant workers uh, community is for the Hong Kong government to uh, at least uh, consider some of the long-standing demands of the migrant workers. One would be, you know, uh, the on the issue of the uh, minimum wage, for example, uh, the migrant domestic workers community has been asking for uh, a raise in the minimum wage, uh, particularly raising it to the level of living wage in Hong Kong, which is around 6,000 Hong Kong dollars. Uh, that would, of course, uh, benefit many migrant workers, especially uh, right now that uh, many are, uh, you know, uh, suffering because of the inflation, uh, not only in Hong Kong, but even in our own uh, respective countries. Mm -hmm. And I think because also of the, uh, the uh, immense uh, contribution of the uh, migrant domestic workers community in in taking care of the households of the elderly and of the the children uh, uh, I think uh, it, uh, the the migrant workers is very much deserve such kind of uh, positive uh, you know measure coming from the Hong Kong government the, the salary levels are going up isn't it for domestic helpers uh, in in terms of the mark the free market I mean families are paying domestic helpers more in the, uh, do you have any statistics on that? Uh, well, uh, during the, the uh, during the time of the pandemic, there was an um, 
an increase because of the shortage of supply. Mm -hmm. uh, if you will recall, there was a, uh, a ban on flights coming from yeah. countries like the Philippines and Indonesia. And for a time, yes, there was a, uh, an increase uh, in the uh, rates being offered by employers. Uh, so that they can, you know, they can hire uh, uh, domestic workers who are already in Hong Kong. But of course, after the Hong Kong government uh, opened up, <laughs> then uh, that 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 situation changes uh, uh, significantly, because now then there is already a free flow of uh, of um, uh, domestic workers coming into uh, Hong Kong. And other than salaries, I mean, other dem uh, other uh, proposals that you have. Well, yes. Uh, uh, one would be uh, I, 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 I know that uh, everyone is aware of the uh, uh, recent incident of a migrant domestic worker who uh, uh, fell uh, and uh, to yeah, her yesterday. death while mm -hmm. cleaning the window. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, in, in in relation to this, we are actually uh, calling on the uh, um, Hong Kong government to. Uh, actually improve this provision. I, 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 I know that, that they already introduced the safety provision uh, on window cleaning in 2017, but actually this lacks the, the uh, you know, uh, penalty clause. And so it is not really clear on what is the accountability on the part of every employers. Uh, most employers, of course, I, I, I would assume that they follow the rules. But there are some erring employers who would not and who would violate it. But it is not clear what would be their accountability. Mm -hmm. uh, it, the, the, the provision only stipulates uh, what they cannot do. But if they do it, even if it's not allowed, it is not clear what will be you know, the, the penalty or what will be their accountability. Mm -hmm. And I think that that opens up you know, to, to uh, the uh, similar incidents to what happened to to this domestic worker who died just uh, yesterday. Uh, just, uh, yeah, yeah. yesterday. So, so is, can, a, can a domestic helper refuse? I mean, is there discussion among the, the helpers about refusing uh, to do this work, to do the window cleaning and stick and, and, and put their body outside the window to go and reach out? Is there yeah, a discussion? Yeah, uh, uh, that, thank you for raising that question. That was also one of the questions to me the other day. Uh, Definitely, yes. The domestic workers can refuse, but that is, you know, it's really not like a black and white situation wherein the domestic worker can simply say no. There are so many, so many considerations. Um, uh, you know, the the the, the uh, balance of power inside the household mm. is very much in the favor of employers. Uh, uh, if the if, if the workers say no, she will be, you know, facing the possibility of losing her job. Uh, her contract, uh, you know, being terminated, and you know that would open up, um, you know, uh, like a can of worms, many problems, um, especially if they are uh, supporting their their children's uh, schooling or if they have parents um, who are, uh, you know, under medication and they're supporting sure. them, you know, all, all these problems. And if, and because they're they're stoic rule, they have to go back, and you have to, you know, and if if they. Uh, wanted to come back to Hong Kong again, they had to go through the mm. same process of paying the agencies and so on. So yeah. 
you know, saying no is not just, you know, no, this is really one for exactly. It's really one for government to uh, and 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 the migrant workers community uh, to uh, to speak up on. My last question really is, is on the uh, in the past there were these suggestions for space on days off. Uh, years ago, there were these discussions of a lot of pressure because the the shopkeepers and central were not very happy with every, all the domestic helpers uh, congregating mm. there. Now we have more space in the city, so it's, it seems to be getting better. The, the less debate about. Uh, the day off space, uh, but can can the city do more for migrant workers in terms of uh, space availability on on Sundays? Just very briefly. Oh, oh yes, yes, very definitely, brief. definitely. Yes, I think one thing that the government can do is to open up, uh, you know, community centers, community centers where migrant workers can use for their activities. At the oh. moment, it's very lacking. Okay, yes. we'll set up. All Let's right, uh, Iman, and we'll have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Iman Villanueva, a spokesperson at the Asian Migrant Coordinating Body. Many thanks also to you who commented or emailed us today yeah. and to our guest presenter, Paul Zimmerman, and producer, Raphael. I'll be back with another edition of Back Chat tomorrow with Mike uh, Krause.